0: A day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, and remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's good to be back for another Friday show. I have to ask you, how are you doing right
1: now? Is uh an answer? Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Oh, we we just witnessed a pretty devastating loss as the Packers fall to the Seahawks twenty-seven to twenty-four. They dropped to four-five and one on the season. It's not even really that I expected the Packers to win tonight, but they just seemed to be in control the whole game and just kind of found ways to lose in the second half. At, at any rate, I. Guests we'll have a lot to process tonight as we go through.
0: Yeah, we absolutely do have a ton to process, and I did fully expect the Packers to win this game. I thought they matched up really well with Seattle, and I'm typically the one on this show to rein in Andrew uh, and his emotional responses to things like Kyle, Kyler Fackrell and his excitement over undrafted free agents, but tonight I am so frustrated by this game that Andrew might just be the one that needs to rein me in a little bit, so... Uh, we'll it's about see. time. <laughs> it's about time. It's my turn. But, oh, man, uh, injuries were a big story in this one. Uh, when you come into the game without Nick Perry, Kentrell Bryce, and Kevin King, you cannot afford to lose a ton of guys to injury. And the Packers did just that. They lost so many guys in this game. Uh, throughout the course of the game, they lost Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Raven Green, Rashad Breeland. Jimmy Graham, and you really saw how those missing pieces affected the Packers, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and especially at the end of the game when the Packers needed a stop desperately. Uh, So this is a hurt football team now, and it really does have the potential uh, to linger past this game, uh, depending on the severity of some of these injuries. Uh, Obviously, losing Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark for any amount of time at all
1: would be devastating uh, for this team. Yeah, so... I think the way we're going to approach it, because we didn't have a lot of time to do film breakdown, we decided to focus on one side of the ball each so that we can actually have a little bit of critique of how individual players played and how they um, fared as a unit tonight. So, Kyle, you want to get us started with the offense?
0: Yeah, let's talk about some offense. And we actually do get to talk about a little bit of offense from the first half of the game, unlike the second half, but we'll get there. Um, from the very beginning of this game, I think we might have seen a little bit of a change in offensive emphasis. Uh, We saw the Packers making um, an intentional effort to get the ball into the hands of their best playmakers. What was interesting to me, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think the Packers gave the ball to a player not named Graham or Jones or Adams uh, in this offense until Lance Kendrick's caught the ball with four minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, So it was just really interesting that it seemed like the Packers' plan coming into this game was to create opportunities for their most dangerous playmakers. And would you know, it worked. And it was really fun to watch this offense early in in the game. And then stars really aligned, and the dreams of Packers fans everywhere came true uh, when Aaron Rodgers hit Robert Tanyan on a crazy 54-yard bomb. And the crazy thing about this play, yeah, Andrew's going to be just all kinds of special this whole game. Game, this whole uh this whole show because he loves him some Robert Tanyan. Um but it looked like Aaron had nowhere to go with this football, and then he reloaded and he chucked it up, and on that pass, I was honestly not sure what was going to be on the other end, but uh lo and behold, it was the great Robert Tanyan. And so great to see Aaron Rodgers get excited about that play and celebrate some offensive success. Uh the offensive kind of stalled. Um, out after you know that play, uh, we, we kind of had that play that was called back. Trevor Davis had a great return, but that holding penalty brought that back, which is just a horrible call it had absolutely nothing to do uh, with the play. But it felt like after they were backed up to their own 10, Green Bay just kind of threw the towel in on that drive and things just kind of felt off. On that series, uh, but then the drive right before the half, the Packers went back to getting to the ball to their playmakers, and Aaron Rodgers found Jones on two consecutive screen plays. And then he hit Devonte Adams for a gain of 11, and then right back to Aaron Jones for a 24-yard touchdown uh, with 44 seconds left in the half. So again, Green Bay just finding ways to get the ball to their best players uh, coming into the second half. The Packers were down, uh, Bashad Breeland and Raven Green on defense, so they probably assumed that they would need some points to help out their ailing defense. But they just couldn't get anything going in this game, especially in the third quarter, like at all. Like The third quarter basically didn't exist for this offense. Uh, Rodgers took a lot of sacks. And it was tough to tell if there were some failings on the interior offensive line um, or if the routes were just too slow and developing. But Rodgers was clearly frustrated and nobody wants to see Rodgers taking that many hits. Uh, My favorite play of the game, to talk about something a little bit positive, might have been when Rodgers connected with Devontae Adams on that huge, deep pass. Uh, Adams was interfered with on the play. Uh, It looked like the defender was actually holding one of his arms, but he made the catch with just one hand, Uh, just an incredible pass and catch, which set up a Mason Crosby field goal. But then late in the fourth. When the offense needed to get something going, they, again, just couldn't. And the Packers did look MVS's way finally, you know, late a couple times in this game. Uh, But Rodgers couldn't connect on a routine third and two that they really needed. So a real Jekyll and Hyde game for me. First half, lots of positives. Second half, just super, super frustrating. Um, And I would imagine uh, when you look back at this game, there's one thing that stuck out to me. Was that Aaron Jones only had 11 carries. And I know game flow probably had a lot to do with that. Uh, but I think that that's a s- statistic that they'll look
1: back and uh, really be frustrated that they didn't do better to get him more carries in this game. Yeah, they definitely seem to just kind of give up on the run in the second half. And it was no wonder that they had no flow when you just stopped giving the ball to the guy who's making all the plays. So I had the task of taking a look at the defense um, and then also actually the special teams. And uh, the game started with Clay Matthews doing some Clay Matthews things. He had a game-altering forced fumble. And then, of course, he disappeared for huge stretches, uh, which kind of is Clay Matthews' MO at this point in his career. Uh, Overall, the tackling was really bad All night, and by bad I mean inconsistent. They had some some really good tackling in the secondary at times, Uh, but overall they just missed way too many tackles on running backs. Uh, Clay and Kyler Fackrell got embarrassed on the long play by Rashard Penny with bad tackling, Um, and. Yes, Kyler Fackrell may be my nemesis, but he did a really great job. This is an underrated play that I don't think a lot of people are going to remember, but he did such a great job of staying assignment sound on the reverse pass by Tyler Lockett. Uh, He read and reacted that Russell Wilson was going to get that throwback, and he just stayed with him and really blew that play up. Blake Martinez kept showing instinctiveness and some explosiveness, which seems rare. Uh, Kenny Clark is a marvel in every facet of the game. If you ever have just an hour to waste, watch the blocking schemes offenses are trying to use against Kenny Clark. It is incredible how many double teams he faced and defeated, um, and he was hobbled at the end of the game. He actually did come back in, and, and I'll talk about that in a moment. I tweeted out, I thought the key to this game was stopping the Seahawks running game, and the Packers' run defense has been so wildly inconsistent. The long grinding drive in the second quarter was the perfect example of that. The defensive line got driven back off the snap, which is unusual given the talent on on the Packers' line, and the linebackers would either get washed up or they took bad angles. It is interesting that they can go from great to bad so quickly. And overall, I thought they had a pretty solid night, but they just didn't show up when they needed to. On Seattle's second touchdown drive, Raven Green did what you would expect out of an undrafted rookie. He totally panicked. It's <laughs> it's hard to get upset about that because Jair Alexander got absolutely torched. And the only reason there was a chance on the play is because Russell Wilson made another terrible throw. I really hated... The passivity that happened in the second quarter, I totally get you don't want Wilson to have running lanes, but he is a short quarterback, and I've always thought he struggled with pressure in his face, and Petten kind of just stopped blitzing him in the second quarter and went with more of a contain rush so he couldn't get out of the pocket. And I thought that really hurt the defense and allowed Russell too much time to let his receivers get open. In the second half, Patton definitely turned things back up. They, they were able to get home with four or five-man rushes. The drive at the end of the third was extended on that unjustifiably terrible call. But the, but the drive got extended nonetheless. And Reggie Gilbert made a absolutely tremendous play on a third and one and then just totally whiffed on the tackle. I mean, actually, he didn't whiff. He got a nice piece of Chris Carson's undershirt. And what is the deal with the Packers and the grabbing undershirts of running backs? How is that? They've got to, like, lead the league in that. Torn shirts. Yeah. yeah. Is that a stat? Just terrible tackling. Um, But, of course, Super Fat Girl came through again with his third sack. I'm going to have a lot of egg on my face by the end of this podcast. Uh. Antonio Morrison had some nice plays against the run. Uh, he was way too jacked up and got yelled at by the official several times. Um, he was taken off the field pretty quickly for Josh Jones in passing situations. Um, and I like that. I like I like Jones as a hybrid linebacker. Josh Jackson, again, struggled with Seattle's small, quick, wide receivers. Maybe they shouldn't be matching him up against those guys. Uh, just a thought. And um, on Seattle's touchdown in the fourth quarter, the Packers were showing double A-gap pressure which I love that look by Patton, but they had Blake Martinez lined up between the right guard and the right tackle. And his assignment was to cover the guy on the left hash mark. That doesn't work real well. Um, That is not going to work at any point, especially not with Blake Martinez, and it led to the easy throw and catch for a touchdown. And on that final run out of the clock, uh, Kenny Clark and Montrevious Adams got just totally washed out in several runs. It might have been that they were just really gassed because the time of possession was so skewed in the Seahawks' favor, but that didn't look good. And um, hope, I mean, it was good that Kenny Clark was healthy enough to get back on the field, but I don't know if that injury had something to do with, with the Seahawks being able to run all over him. Really quick, from a special team's perspective, um, the snap on the Miss Crosby field goal wasn't good. Hunter Bradley continues to struggle with consistency. Trevor Davis didn't do a ton returning punts, but he didn't make me feel like I was going to throw up every time they kicked the ball, so that's a positive. (laughs) Uh, He had that nice kick return you talked about and that terrible call on Corey Toomer. Uh, J.K. Scott punted pretty well. Um, Mostly, though, I I was focused on the coverage guys. Trevor Davis always does a nice job as a gunner, but I watched Tony Brown on every punt, and he was just obliterating the single blocking Seattle was throwing his way. I I seriously think Tony Brown is going to end up being an elite special teams player in the league. In fact, the only thing that might get in his way of becoming just that is if he becomes a really good cover corner, which he's shown some signs of being okay in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Tony
0: Brown was uh, definitely a bright spot throughout the night. He wasn't perfect in any regard, but uh, showed some things that are something to build on going forward. Absolutely. So uh, the next part of our show tonight, we want to spend a few minutes on a segment called stock up and stock down and talk about which players did well for themselves tonight and which guys have, you know, some, they had some plays that they'll be regretting and might have lost some sleep over last night. Um and to get us started, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your arch nemesis? Ah, uh, you're really going
1: to make me do this, huh? I think so. Okay, I'll say some nice things about Kyler. Uh, well, it's it's obviously going to be a fun moment for you to get to throw his, his play in my face. But um, seriously, he's gone from the butt of every one of my jokes to the most impactful edge rusher on this team. And normally... What I would have said before this game is that isn't saying a lot because the rest of the edge rushers on this team are awful. And they still are. Um, but Kyler is making plays all over the place. Uh, he, I still don't think he possesses any elite traits, but what he has improved on so much, his instinctive, instinctiveness has gotten really good. Um, it's really difficult to even recognize him from the tape he put out a couple of years ago. And he went from zero pass rush moves to a slew of impact techniques. And he has some counters to go along with them. So I guess I have to officially start the apology tour today.
0: That sounds good, Andrew. I, I'm so proud of you for making strides with Kyler Fackrell. Uh, it is so true. He's just he's done some incredible things. No one could have predicted that he would have the season that he's having. Um, my first stock up is actually Aaron Rodgers. And I've got to be honest here. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a blend of stock up and stock down. He started heavily in my stock up category and he's landed kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, It's no secret that Rodgers just hasn't been himself as of late and I'm not going to say that this was a flawless performance because it wasn't. Uh, The long pass to Devontae Adams would have been a touchdown if Aaron hadn't underthrown him in the beginning of the game. Uh, He missed a huge throw on that third and two at the end of the game. Uh, But the big play to Tanyan, the throw over the shoulder of the defender to Aaron Jones, uh, finding some success getting the ball to Aaron Jones regularly. I think this is a Rodgers that we would like to see going forward, making some of these big plays. Uh, there's still something off with Rodgers that we witnessed in the second half, especially of this game. Um, but even when he's playing well, he's just missing some throws he's he's maybe just trying to do too much if the Packers had to pull uh this game out if if they had done that then I think th- this would be a game that you talk about that maybe Rodgers builds on um but that wasn't the way this ended and I just don't know what to make of the way that Rodgers is playing right now so due to him starting the game well he ended up in my stock up section but he's mostly a question mark at this point in my opinion
1: yeah, absolutely. I I mean, it's a mixed bag, but we we had to make some decisions before the game was over, and uh, you know, he ends <laughs> this up this is really where we down. landed. Yeah, right. Um, I think there was more good than bad. You you could say. Yeah. Um, I am gonna say stock up Robert Tanyan because of because who else would I say? Um, that is a way to make an immediate impact with your very first catch. I predicted Tanyan was going to make the roster before the preseason started, um, but I thought he'd get a few more snaps than he's actually gotten so far this season. He's got great tools, but... What was really inspiring for me was that he took off when Rodgers extended that play and got open. And that is something that many of the other young receivers and tight ends have struggled with so far. So that was a promising sign. And my hope is that his stock is up in the eyes of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. And maybe he'll see a little bit more play because I could, I could definitely see the benefit of the Packers throwing a few more tight ends out there.
0: It was really good for your brand that you got some Robert Tani and in just to balance out your Kyler Fackrell issues oh, that you're having tonight.
1: There's no making up for the devastation Kyler Fackrell did to any opinion that I will ever have going forward. But <laughs> you know, you take the good with the bad. Right. Speaking of the bad, we have stock down, and uh, the first one I'm gonna go with this this hurts my soul a little bit. But my first stack down is the officials. And I hate blaming the officials. I absolutely despise it. But you have to outplay bad calls sometimes. And then other times, the calls are just so absolutely brutal that the officiating seems to favor the other team so much. It it completely changes the, the situations of the game. So... You know, we mentioned a few things. There's a holding call on a kick return that impacts nothing. It happened behind the play. It may not have even been a hold. And that has a huge impact on the Packers' offense in the first half. We have a pass interference call on Devontae Adams where he actually catches the ball and there's no flag that we see. And then Bobby Wagner clotheslines Devontae Adams and again, no flag. They overturn a call that was absolutely called correctly as an incompletion on the field. That makes no sense because you would think, even if it was close, you'd just go with the play on the field. But instead, they incorrectly overturn it. And then the sideline official missed that Baldwin dropped the ball. I totally get you can get mad at Mike McCarthy for not challenging that play. That is totally fair. But it is completely ridiculous that in a professional sports league, your coach has to tell the officials when they are wrong. Like, why can't we just go to the college replay rules? You know, the ones that actually work, Kyle.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad that you had a chance to kind of vent some of your frustrations here because this is where I'm at too. I'm in the same boat. I hate blaming the officials. It happens too often. You've got to overcome, you know, the officials in the game to win the game. Uh, but this is one man when you when you see Devonte Adams get hooked on the arm and he makes the catch and they don't even throw out the flag to cover their butts because it's so obvious that they should have made that call. It's just really, really frustrating. Uh, and it's hard because it's the Seattle Seahawks again, and it just seems like this happens every single time. Um, but I guess I guess we'll just move on. Um, I got to talk about uh, Raven Green in this stock down. And I was really excited to see Green come into this game and get some extended playing time. I thought he had a really nice game last week against the Dolphins. But tonight was kind of a rough go for Green. He left the game with an ankle injury, and we obviously hope that that's nothing, nothing serious. Uh, but Green appeared to be responsible for the busted coverage that should have been a touchdown early in the game for Seattle. But luckily, Russell Wilson said, the pass clearly over the head of his intended receiver. Uh, The more egregious mistake was the one that Andrews already talked about when Green arrived too early in coverage, trying to help out Jair Alexander, who was beat on that deep pass to Baldwin. Uh, The crazy thing is that even though Jair was beaten on the play, he actually recovered relatively nicely and was back in position when the ball arrived and might have even had a chance at an interception if Green hadn't arrived there and blown up the play. So it just sucks that Green gets called on the pass interference. But it's even worse that he wiped out a potential play that Jair might have made, even though it was, you know, Alexander's
1: mistake that kind of put them in that position. But a tough night all around for Raven Green. Yeah. And I mean, I think he's a guy that that has shown enough upside that he can overcome nights like this, but certainly not not a continuation of the forward momentum he had after Miami. My my last Stock down uh, is kind of dual, but we're going to start with Mike McCarthy. I've said before, I think McCarthy is a really good coach. I still think that, but this offense is absolutely broken. The play calls take way too long to get in, which leads to things like two wasted timeouts in the second half. And they just forgot to give the ball to Aaron Jones in the second half. You you said he had 11 carries for the 11 game. 11 carries. I mean, and I can't imagine there were more than four in the second half. It That was just brutal. And here's a scalding hot take. Aaron Jones is the best player on the Packers offense. He's the best guy named Aaron, too. Oh. Like, he is outplaying absolutely everybody. And when you don't give him the ball... You are not doing your job as a, a supposed offensive guru. And this is me, the Mike McCarthy apologist, saying that. Um, aside, stock down, Aaron Rodgers. And I know you said stock up, and we kind of talked about it was a mixed bag, but holy man, take <laughs> the check down. Has Aaron Rodgers ever watched Tom Brady play? Really? Like, Tom Brady has made a living over the last 5 years or maybe more by just taking whatever the defense is giving you. He loves throwing the little little quick bubble screen. He loves dumping it off to James White. Aaron Rodgers must have missed a wide open Aaron Jones 10 times. Like every time they would show that back camera, Aaron Jones was just sitting there wide open. And the tight ends were releasing open on the sidelines. And I'm just really confused as to who I'm supposed to blame. Um, Sometimes I just end up screaming into my hands (laughs) or a pillow. Um, But this offense is busted, and it's one of these two guys' fault. And honestly, it's probably both of them. Um, So McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers absolutely need to get on the same page. The good news is the Packers have 10 days to try to get things right before what is now... Very clearly a must-win matchup on Sunday Night Football in Minnesota. I still haven't given up on the team, but if they lose against the Vikings, they can probably start to pack things up for the year. So we have run out of time. As fun as it has been ranting and raving tonight, this has been your Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertag. Remember to follow at pack day podcast as well. Please subscribe to the pack day podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode will be hosted by Mike and Tyler, and we will have new shows every day to try to help you cope with the 10 days with no football games. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We'll be back next week with a preview of the Packers' Week 12 game against the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles left. Got
0: up He's got He's got power at the 10th of the middle. Yes! To the end zone. Touchdown and a dagger oh my goodness and an nfc north division championship dagger of 47 yards castleback maybe changing the play of the line looks left and right takes the snap short drop quick throw left yes! right side yes he likes going down the right side he is he is and now touchdown Shot. to Rodgers scrambles to his left under pressure rolling right escapes right side looking rainbows high and